Welcome to the Be About Being Better podcast, where we help people make evidence-based, sustainable, small changes for their health that compound into huge shifts towards a better, more vibrant life. I'm your host, Abby Stacier, a health and life coach, future registered dietitian, a master's graduate from Columbia University, and a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I believe that we can't make lasting or meaningful change single-handedly, so I'm so happy that you're here so that together you can see that a diet-free, sustainable lifestyle is possible, and you can leverage that to live a better life. And remember my disclaimer, this podcast is meant to give you general information and it's not meant to substitute or replace medical advice, a diagnosis, or service treatment. Hello, hello. Y'all, I am so excited for today's episode. I have a guest coming on, Sylvia, who is the chief farm officer the CFO of Green Door Gourmet, which is an organic farm in Nashville. And I met her during one of our field trips in my dietetic internship. We got to go to her farm. We did a whole cooking class with her. We literally picked produce from the ground and brought it back to the kitchen, cooked with it, and you know had lunch. And then in the afternoon, we did some food writing and we wrote poetry and we wrote I know just about our experience in the environment and good food. And it was just such an amazing cathartic day. And then we ended with shopping in um, her local market that she has there. So the farm, and she'll explain in the podcast episode about, you know, what what she does on the farm, but they do have a lot of grounds where they grow all of their crops organically, but then they have a little market that is a co-op. So it's cooperatively sourced products from all over Nashville, uh, different local producers, and they have grass-fed meats there, honey. I love their honey. It's like the only thing that has helped my allergies in Nashville because my allergies have been literally terrible. So their honey is amazing. They have eggs, different jams, dairy, baked goods. Their bread is phenomenal, like the best sourdough I've had in my entire life. So many other baked goods. Um, and then all produce. Like I get my kale there now. I get my carrots. I get my cabbage. It's so good. And a lot of people think that getting healthier food is so much more expensive. But I found their prices to be very reasonable. And I feel like I'm, I'm saving money. Plus, I'm not putting all of these chemicals and fertilizers and pesticides in my body. Uh, when we go to the grocery store, we think we're buying healthy things because we're getting fruits and vegetables, but we don't realize how much stuff is on our food that we don't see. And the difference, I I needed to have Sylvia on the podcast because truly the difference of having baby carrots bought from the grocery store and having the carrots on her farm straight from the ground, it was night and day, y'all. I mean, her carrots taste is so sweet. Like who describes carrots as sweet? Unless they're roasted. When you roast carrots, they do get sweet. But just a raw baby carrot. Before visiting Green Door Gourmet, I would not have described that as sweet. So I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today and kind of explain what she does, some cooking tips, how to start, but how to start buying smarter, um, the importance of buying local. We're going to talk about some tips for repurposing your produce so that you're creating less food waste tips for starting to compost if that's something that you want to do or are curious about, how do we know what to buy organic, and just some other tips for storing your produce in the fridge so that it can stay fresher for longer. 
this is so important because that's one of the main complaints that I hear from y'all is, hey, I'm buying healthy food, but it goes bad in like a day. So how do I keep stuff fresh? So she goes over so many different tips that are very practical that we need in order to eat healthier and contribute to a more sustainable and cleaner society. Oh, this is so important. I'm just, I'm so excited for us to dive into the episode. So without further ado, here is Sylvia. All right. Hello. Hello, y'all. I am so excited to welcome Sylvia to the podcast today, the CFO, the Chief Farm Officer of Green Door Gourmet. Sylvia, thank you so much for being on the Be About Being Better podcast. It's my pleasure. It's an honor to be with you. Yay. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I always start with asking my guests the same opening question to keep our introductions interesting. So what is something that you've been through in your life that has ultimately changed your life for the better or made you better in the end? Well, you know, I was thinking about the question and it may seem uh, a little uh, odd to answer it this way, but many, many, many years ago, when I decided to move to Nashville, I was uh, right out of college, um, no money, no experience in Nashville, no job lined up, and just literally put everything I own in the back of the truck and, and came to Nashville. So I think um, that experience of, of coming to town and not really knowing anyone, not having um, a, a safety net or anything like that really enabled me to grow as a person, to mm-hmm. find my own footing, if you will, and build my confidence and fall in love with the city that at that time was a very um, large, small town kind of feel. And now it's a, a yeah. big town kind of feel. So I think yes. yes. thanks for me jumping out on the limb and, and really mm-hmm. roll by the horns and, and moving to any place. Oh, that's so great. And I have had a similar experience moving here in August and moving to a new city, barely knowing anyone, just jumping in and, um, this really is an amazing city and it has completely changed my life over the last couple of months. So um, I think that's a really great place to start. Now, are you able to give us a quick overview of the history of Green Door Gourmet and how you started? So you moved to Nashville and how did you get things going? Well, uh, in the interim between moving to Nashville and starting Green Door, there were many things that happened in my life. Most of them involved around the hospitality industry. So um, I had my own restaurant downtown for many years, and when I thought I was going to retire from that in 2006, I was also getting married, and we were moving out to my husband's family farm. And moved out here, I asked for a small kitchen garden, and because he's the kind of guy that doesn't understand, uh, he's a zero to a hundred kind of guy. He fenced nine acres of the property. And so the next thing you know, I'm growing a lot of produce and people started stopping by and saying, what are you going to do with the produce? People I'd known in the restaurant industry and Mm -hmm. that a yet another business. So now I can never retire. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Wow. That's so great. And how many acres do you have now? So the farm has always been 350 acres, uh, but. We have about 152 acres in regenerative agriculture production. And so there's crop rotation. And there is also part of the property um, that's very hilly. It has trees, forestry, that sort of thing. 
lots of different uh, topography here on the farm, but farming about 152 of the acres. Wow, that is so amazing. So, like, it's so large, especially, you know, in a city like Nashville where people, you know, when they think of Nashville, I think they think, you know, the bachelorette's parties and Broadway and just city life, but there is so much land in Tennessee that people don't realize, you know, and this is really, it's really here. So can you explain why it's important to buy local and really the importance of getting produce at a farm like Green Door Gourmet? Sure. When we decided to open our farm to the public, we wanted it to be a resource community to be able to get nutrients food here that we were growing. I think that is one of the most important things that we can remember. Not only is it great for our local economy, you know, every dollar that stays right here local is another dollar that can be spent with another local business. And if you look at the last census, um, which is was very low, if you think about uh, when the last census was, 650,000 people approximately in Metro Nashville. Well, if each one of those people just spent $5 locally um, with a farmer um, or, or a rancher here in Tennessee, you're looking at millions of dollars um, on a weekly basis if you just spend $5 a week. And how much that could really help a lot of small farms, you know, pull up by the bootstraps, if you will, and um, do something that's good for them, but also do something that's good for them. Eating locally allows the food to be as fresh as possible. And you also know face-to-face -face exactly how it was grown. You can ask that farmer if you go to a farmer's market or uh, a place like Redor, you can say, what did you use on your farm? Good example, yesterday I had a woman come in and she was talking about uh, some of the things that she had been reading about and did our farm practice any of that and where I'm like, absolutely not. We don't use bio sludge. We don't use um, chemical fertilizers. We don't use fungicides. So um, it was so nice to be able to be calming to her with small children to say, no, you know, this is how we farm and I can take you and show you exactly how we do it. That was really awesome. That's great. That's great. Where you can really get the answers. Because if you're just going to the grocery store, there's, there's no one really there to ask. And you truly have no idea. And instead of using, uh, I, I was really interested in this when our intern class got to visit, but instead of using fertilizer or, you know, pesticides, anything like that, you all do companion planting where the, the crops end up having this protective effect against each other when certain ones are planted next to each other. That's correct. Oh, it's so cool. That's a part of the regenerative agriculture moon in that we understand that as we have healthier soil, the plants themselves are healthier and they have more natural resistance in the plant itself um, to a lot of disease or um, even attraction for pests because the pest always will go where there is something that is not healthy in the field. So healthy soil equals healthy food. I love that. So good. And there was one statistic that you gave us that was so impactful and I don't want to mess it up, but farmers make up, I believe you said either 5% or 1% of the population. So currently right now, 1% of our population farms our food. So 1% of our mm -hmm. population. 
farmers. Um, and of that 1%, there's only 5% that grow what we call market crops. So the other 95% of the 1% are all growing uh, corn, wheat, soy, the large commodity crops that a lot of time are just going right into feeding you know, cattle operations or things like that, uh, making um, ethylene, ethanol, uh, gasoline, and that sort of stuff. So you have 5% of 1% growing all the food that we're going to consume in this country without importing wow. anything. That's just so wild to me. It's just so wild. So we really need farmers like you to make sure that we're doing this the right way. If that's where the majority of our food is coming from, want to make sure that we're doing that the right way. Um, so, and I was also surprised when we were literally pulling crops out of the ground to eat them. That was the cleanest, literally eating Swiss chard from the dirt in the soil was the cleanest vegetable I had ever tasted. And I had no idea that baby carrots could taste so sweet. Because when I get them at the grocery store, they almost like seem like they have some sort of film on them or something. They just don't taste great because of how they're processed and transported to try and keep them fresh. Um, but having your carrots, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just so sweet. So why is it that when we get food at a farmer's market or a place at Green Door, why does it taste different than the produce that you get at the grocery store? Exactly what we were just talking about, that consideration of the soil quality is so vital. The plant can obtain more nutrients, more minerals, um, become naturally sweeter. Their vine or soil ripened, if you will, uh, that they're being picked at the height of their ripeness because they're going to be sold right here. They don't have to be transported. So you're tasting the perfect ability to pick something at its perfection and put it right into your hand. That's what a farm can do versus, uh, you know, a large agricultural operation that is shipping things in mass and containers, you know, across the country. Um, you're going to get a totally different flavor profile. As I say, the baby carrot that you get right then being pulled out of the soil doesn't need to be dipped in hummus or a lot of ranch dressing to make it palatable. It's already sweet, just like it is. Yes. And that's really what I found. It's so good. And so you're saying that the carrots that we would get at the grocery store are picked before they're ripe. So what I'm saying is um, definitely things like strawberries um, and and fruits definitely are picked a little underripe. Um, and then a carrot, it has to undergo a process. So it is picked you know, whenever they need to take that out of the field and they're going to go through, they're going to sort. And if it meets a certain criteria, a certain size, um, a certain color, all of that, and that gets put in a container and taken to the processing plant where it gets washed. And once it's washed in a large commercial uh, facility, it's probably going to get dipped in something like a sanitate, which is a peroxide or a bleach type solution um, because they get tumbled when they get washed. And so that enables, you know, little microorganisms to get in there. And it's, quote, for food safety, but gosh, what if it didn't have to get tumbled and washed to get put in a container to sit in a moisture-rich environment that could breed listeria um, for a week before it even gets to you? What if literally it got picked that morning and it is being handed to you and you get to take it home and wash it and consume it? And you're avoiding all of that. It's it's amazing. 
Yeah. Oh, so good. And I don't think people realize that their stuff is like dipped in bleach before they're consuming it. Like that just can't be good for our health, our hormones, our GI system, like our body. And no wonder so many people have you know, chronic health issues. Like we, we think we're eating healthy food by going to the store and buying baby carrots, but we don't realize that we're consuming all of these toxins that are probably putting strain on our liver and I don't know, just having a lot of toxic long-term effects that we might not see day to day. And baby carrots really aren't baby carrots. They're large carrots that have gotten peeled and, and cut down and tumbled enough that they look a small size. And it's a great marketing ploy to be called a baby carrot just because they're small, but a true baby carrot. If you come to Green Door and you get a baby carrot, you can see that it is still attached to the uh, greens that were growing above the ground. And this was how large the carrot was when it was picked. It is not ground or, you know, um, modeled down, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And I was so impressed that you all use every part of the carrot. I mean, use every part of all the vegetables. But specifically for the carrot, you were able to use, you know, the vine and the greens of it into repurpose. So do you have any tips for repurposing and using all of the vegetables to create less waste? I think just about any vegetable, you can find uh, secondary uses for lots of things, including even if it's outer leaves of cabbage, um, you can either feed those to the chickens or you put those in compost. So it doesn't always have to be, you know, human repurposed. It could be a good for the soil or good for other animals. But for something like a carrot, the carrot tops, we can make a pesto or a chimichurri out of those. Um, the carrot peels, if we were making something in our kitchen um, for you know one of our daily items, those peels can go into making a stock as well um, and cooked down low and slow. Um, so you can use just about everything, even strawberries. When you take the caps, strawberries, most people just automatically throw those away, but you've already, you've washed them so they're clean. If you put that and a little bit of strawberry that's attached Usually when you cut the top off and a little bit of water and cook that down and then strain it off, um, you can use that to make a fantastic strawberry lemonade without getting rid of all your strawberries. It will taste delicious. Yeah. 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 Oh, I've never heard of that. That's such a good, I'm going to do that later today. That sounds delicious. So good. And if people wanted to start composting at home, do you have any tips for that? As our city grows, having enough land to compost correctly is going to be a challenge. Um, yeah. Composting is not something as simple as getting a little barrel and, and putting it out there. You know, it requires a, a little more thought process to that. There's a, a way that you balance the, the green with the brown and the right nutrients and how long something's been in before something else goes in. So it's, it's a little bit more than just let's start composting. But what you can do is you could contact someone like Compost Nashville, and they do a service where literally you can compost just about anything, including meat and dairy scraps, um, because they have a way to get things at a high enough temperature that it can break down um, the, the uh, matter that is going to be in there. If you're composting at home, you would not want to put dairy or meat scraps of any kind compost you want to keep it vegetables only grass clippings leaves that sort of stuff um but there are a ton of uh, great uh, online tutorials there's also a lot of books but if you want to come out and see us at green door we can give you a, 
a little tip or a pointer, but you really need to make sure that you probably have at least three separate bins about a yard wide each. So you can move your compost from beginning stage to ready to use stage. And if you don't garden, then you want to make sure you have a neighbor that gardens because you want to put that compost in action, right? You just don't want it to be back there. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. These are really great tips and we'll be able to link some stuff up in the show notes and definitely put compost Nashville and their resources in the show notes as well. And I'm sure every city has something like that. Yes. I mean, I moved here from Manhattan and they even had resources too and places where people could drop off. So even in, you know, huge cities where there might not be a lot of greenery, they're, they're still doing it. Now, um, you mentioned strawberries and I know that strawberries tend to be um, something that is considered more of a dirtier vegetable. And so many of our listeners see on TikTok just how disgusting when people show on on the internet how dirty their strawberries are. Um, so it's you know definitely important to clean them, um, but they tend to be one of the highest things on the environmental working groups dirty dozen clean fifteen list and recommending that they do buy organic. So is the EWGs is there is their dirty dozen clean fifteen list something that we can trust? Do you recommend that? Do you think it's accurate? I think it's a fabulous resource. I believe that everyone has to utilize their resources um, to their highest advantage. And if you have someone that has spent the time and has done the research to let you know, if you're going to spend your hard-earned money, spend your money on these things that are organic or um, local that you know the source. Keep the money there versus, say, an avocado that is not uh, you're not going to consume the outer peel. Um, they're not putting a lot of fertilizer into the ground, so it's not coming up through the root system of the plant. So um, if you don't buy an organic avocado, it's not as bad as if you don't buy organic strawberries. So I think looking at those lists and understanding what to buy. There's also a fun little book called Can You Trust a Tomato in January? And that talks about um, shopping seasonally, um, knowing your farmer, knowing how something is grown as well. Strawberries this year, uh, topping out the dirty dozen, they uh, they found at least eight different chemicals. And when we say dirty, we're not just talking about having soil residue to wash off. We're talking about the need to um, decrease the amount of chemical uh, that could possibly be on anything you're consuming. It seems fruit is extremely high. Um, mm. That and that is simply because growing fruit is very difficult because of um, fungal activity. Um, water and fruit don't mix. And so, as you know, as soon as you start to wash your produce, it begins to disintegrate. And so, trying to keep um, you know, all the, the pests and the, the fungus off of fruit is very difficult. And that's why most large growers of fruit are not organic and they are spray. Just because something is organic does not mean it is not spray. That is something that's very no. It is just what chemical can be used according to the government regulation. It would need to be a non-synthetic chemical, quote unquote, um, that gets used. So I think a lot of times people confuse organic with chemical free, and that's not exactly 
the the one to one ratio there if you know what I mean. So um, yeah. when we we try to say we're, we endeavor to be zero pesticide, we truly mean that we're not putting things on our plants. Um, you know, we work in symbiotic. Uh, relationship with nature we may use neem oil which comes from the neem tree um but that's you know that's the track crop that uh we're probably going to sacrifice and put a little neem oil on that and we're not going to harvest that for for sale so it's it's a little more than just buy organic it really is know the source know the source and would we be able to trust something that says pesticide free or still not really i would have to see what that label really looked like it might say um organic you know certified organic or something like that but pesticide free i don't think i've ever seen in a grocery store setting for it to say chemical-free or pesticide-free. It might say certified organic, but I don't know that I have ever seen it in a grocery store. I'd have to really look at that. And the then if we if we do see that it says certified organic, you're saying that they could still be spraying it with something, but it would just be something that would be regulated. Right. That's what the government would regulate and say if it doesn't fit on the what is known as the OMRI listing. Um, and that can change. Something can be on the list one year and the next year it's taken off. So uh, you can go to uh, the USDA and you can look up all the things that can be used uh, on plants and still be certified organic. Now, what's the best way to wash your fruits and vegetables? Do you trust those like veggie sprays that you leave on for two minutes and then rinse off? If you have tap water at your house, use water. You do not need to use all the fancy things. Um, most of those have typically a little bit of um, peroxide, you know, sanitizer or something like that in there. So you have to really watch. You, you may be unintentionally adding something to your food that you didn't realize. You just thought, oh, this is a way to clean my produce. And you didn't understand that it might have some things in there that you didn't want to put on your produce. You can just yeah. use water. Okay, so just use water, rinse. Wash, rinse, repeat. All right, that sounds good. Now, how can we make produce last longer? Because that's a huge complaint that I get from clients and, and listeners. It's like, I really want to buy produce, but it just goes so quickly uh, in the fridge before I even get a chance to eat it. Or you know, sometimes they'll get a bag of spinach and they're like, I honestly forgot that it was in there. And now it's wilted, don't really trust it. So how can we um, keep our produce in the fridge, keeping it fresh as long as we can? That is a multi, we could talk an entire segment on that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll try to bullet down and do a quick answer for you. Know if it should go in the refrigerator at all. Sometimes mm. you need to the refrigerator and they don't go in there. So finding out what should be stored where first and foremost second what are you storing with it if you're putting fruit in with your veggies then it's going to uh, emit off ethylene gas and the fruit's going to be happy and the veggie is going to be miserable so know what to store with what and then last but not least remember your refrigerator is a dehydrator so if you're putting your leafy greens and 
you know, your baby grains and everything in there. Um, it's the refrigerator's job to pull out as much moisture out of those leaves as it can. So um, if you put it in the appropriate bag, if you will, um, you can reuse a shopping bag to uh, wrap up the head of your uh, kale or something like that to give it a little protection from the refrigerator just drying out all the moisture or your salad greens. But if you get them and you're like, oh, they're looking a little sad, they need a little bit of love, they're kind of wilty, what you can do is in a clean sink, uh, make an ice water bath, put your leafy greens in there, baby greens just as they are. If it's kale or collards or something like that, you'd want to cut a little in just like you would with flowers because they have uh, chemically sealed off being able to intake water. Now you have opened that again, and now they're going to drink the water, and they're going to fluff right back up. So you can hydro-cool, which is the term we use here on the farm, your vegetables, and it will be just you know like you bought them. Um, if you get home after shopping and they look a little sad, go ahead and hydro-cool them right then, pop them in the fridge. And last but not least, if you're buying those beautiful carrots and they have the tops still attached to them, when you get home, go ahead and cut those tops off and store them separately because the carrot itself is going to send all of its nutrient up to those greens to try to keep those greens alive. So what you want to do is go ahead and stop that process, use the greens first, store your carrots properly. That way they won't get soft or um, kind of a little shrivelly because they're doing their job of trying to keep the greens alive. So just separate them. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Just, you know, taking us through all the bullet points and I think that was really helpful. And I didn't know that about the ice bath and almost treating our greens like flowers and cutting off the ends and reviving them. That's amazing. So that's really going to help a lot of people. Thank you. Is there anything else, any other like quick tips that come to mind that you think listeners should know? Don't wash your produce until you're going to use it. The number one thing thrown away in the United States are things that we buy, like strawberries, and we get them home. We go, oh, we think they're dirty. I'm going to wash them before I put them in my fridge. Well, you wash the strawberries on Saturday night, and you go to get them Sunday for brunch, and they've already started to get really mushy and bad. So there are a lot of things that if you look at using water, like the Grand Canyon. You look at the Grand Canyon, you see that the river going through made that canyon water can disintegrate things don't put it on your produce until you're ready to use it it will help your produce stay um, more viable until you're ready to use it especially your fruit that's my other mm -hmm. for you love that that's a great tip yay and then the last question that i always ask is what is something that you plan to do for your health this week that's going to make your week better well, my thing for my health this week is hydration. I am a terrible hydrator. I admit it. I am very busy all the time and I don't stop to get uh, enough water, not coffee, not anything else, but water into my system. So drinking good, clean water in abundance is my commitment to myself because we had a hot week this week. And as it gets warmer, our body is going to be needing more hydration. And I am going to commit to you that I'm going to do that this week. 
Yay. Okay, great. Awesome. Yeah, the weather here has really taken a turn. Uh, I mean, it's pretty chilly today, but this whole week is really warm and uh, definitely dehydrating. So I think that's a great goal. Love it. Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I, I appreciate your time and all of your wisdom and all of your tidbits. You're doing amazing work in Nashville, and I can't wait to keep helping spread your message and keep making our world healthier. So thank you for all you do. My pleasure. I'll look forward to seeing you and some of your followers. I'll agree. Hey, y'all. Thanks again for listening to the Be About Being Better podcast. I so appreciate you. If this episode made you laugh, smile, think about yourself or your life differently, in any way making your life better, I empower you to share the show with three people who, just like you, need to hear this message and have this type of transformation in their lives. I personally read all the reviews of the show and see the Instagram story shares and honestly gives me so much joy to see that our mission is making people's lives better and the reviews really do help in increasing our impact so thank you so much for taking the time to do that if you need personalized support with anything discussed in today's episode or need help creating a sustainable diet-free lifestyle take my quiz it's linked below in the show notes and that quiz will help you see which one of our coaching programs is right for you thank you so much again for listening and here's to being about being better